legacy of, uh, I suppose, being passionate about the word, about truly believing that this uh, this book is living and active and, and really does speak into people's lives. Hello and welcome to the Cornerstone Nottingham 10 Years of Thankfulness podcast. Uh, and in this episode, we're going to be thinking about uh, teaching and training at Cornerstone, what that looks like now, and also, I guess, aspirationally, what we hope that might look like in the years to come. And today, it's great to be joined by two of our ministers, John Russell and Rue Miller. John's our lead minister at Cornerstone, and Rue... Um, Actually, you're responsible for heading up teaching and training. Is that right? That, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized today actually could be two episodes, um, but we're going to go for it. And if we need to take a deeper dive into one of these aspects, then we can always press record another day. Um, teaching. I think straight away it might be helpful for us to narrow that down a little bit. Um, but teaching the Bible is at the heart of what we do as a church, from the youngest child right the way through to the, our ministry of those in later life. Uh, we teach and preach God's word. John, why do we teach the Bible? I think there are a few different aspects to that, Phil. It's a, it's a great question because we could just assume, oh, that's just what we do. But but I think it's a, it's a great question that we need to remind ourselves of why um, teaching the Bible and learning from the scriptures is at the heart of, we hope, every aspect of church life at, at Cornerstone. I think one of the big things is it's because it's the way that God speaks to us authoritatively. So we know when we're opening up um, the Bible, we are hearing God speak as his word is read to us. So we know that it is God's voice speaking to us, his word authoritatively speaking into our lives. Uh, and it's also um, one of the prime m- means in which God uses to change our lives as well. Mm. So I think there's, it's easy to fall into the trap of um, thinking that Bible teaching is an end in itself, but it's important to realize that in a very real sense, it, is, it isn't. Mm. It's Bible teaching in order that lives are transformed to be more like Christ um, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, I don't just want Cornerstone to be a, a Bible teaching church, but actually a church that teaches the Bible in order to hear from God and mm-hmm. in order that our lives are transformed to be more like Christ and mm-hmm. so that we're equipped for the mission and the purposes that he's, that he's given us. Mm, that's great. It's great. And Cornerstone's model, for, I guess, for teaching and preaching particularly, uh, was, of course, the ministry of Peter Lewis, uh, 46 years of preaching, uh, senior minister here at Cornerstone until his re- retirement in 2015. Uh, what legacy do you think Peter has left, which has kind of shaped our Bible teaching culture at Cornerstone? Yeah, I think there's a, um, a legacy of, uh, I suppose, being passionate about the word, about truly mm. believing that this, uh, this book is living and active and, and really does speak into people's lives. Um, and that's partly why we're, why we're committed to teaching the Bible at every age as well. Mm, so, you know, mm. our, our Bible workshops are, are deliberately called Bible workshops because we want our children to be looking at the, at the Bible mm. as they come to church. And then, as you said, Phil, you know, all the, all the way up to our, those in our retirement generation, when they meet together, they're looking at the, the scriptures together as well. Mm. We really believe mm. that it speaks into people's lives. Um, I think also then a, a culture of... I suppose through the scriptures, letting letting God set the agenda mm. um, so that as we gather together as a church, it's not just, you know, what does John want to share with us today? Or, you know, what are the what are the top five tips that mm. Rue wants to give to, to the congregation this morning? Actually, no, it's what is God saying to us? Mm. And so Peter's Peter's legacy, I think, of kind of, you know, 
choosing a, a book of the Bible and th- and then just working your way through it and, mm. and recognizing that's going to throw up challenges. It's going to throw up difficult passages. It's going to throw up things that, that challenge our culture and, and uh, uh, you know, fly in the face mm. of, of what we see around us in the world. Um, and that's okay. Mm. And actually as a preacher, as someone who preaches regularly here, um, I, I really value the fact that actually it's not me that's deciding what we mm. what we preach through. It, mm. It's saying, okay, here is God's word. What is God wanting to say to us today? Mm. Um, mm. I, I think that's really exciting. Yeah. And Peter would yeah. always talk about um, pr- preaching, particularly as releasing the energies of the word of God, and he'd put it in in, in those terms. And that's um, particularly what's happening, uh, especially in in the preach words as um, God's people gather. On a on a Sunday to hit to um, and one of the things that we're doing there is to hear God's God's mm. word preached, and Peter was always very strong uh, on making sure that it wasn't just it wasn't just a transfer of information or merely the mm. transfer of information. So it wasn't just preaching to inform our heads or to mm. increase our minds. It wasn't anything less than that. But it was far more than that. It was the the heart transformation and then the the practical application and the, or the implications is probably a better way of putting mm. it. So not just the, the transfer of information, but the, the warming of the heart to the Lord uh, and the, the, the equipping of the saints for, for service. So head, heart and hands. And uh, therefore some alliteration, which I've got to alliteration already. <laughs> it's a bit early in the podcast. That's important. That, that has been noticed by, you know, some of our young people. Yeah, it's, that up and, it's, you know. it's, it's just the way that I find it to be helpful. I don't know everybody does, but... Um, I can't, I abide in an abyss of alliteration, Phil. Yeah, so yeah. there we are. I think it's interesting you mentioned it's kind of it's, it's not just this kind of cerebral thing. It's also seeking kind of heart change and a response to God's word, kind of lived out in our our lives. Is that something that's kind of changed? Do you think over the years as cornerstones got changed, got more diverse? Maybe what what's happened there, if anything? Yeah, I don't know if it's changed. I, I think we've uh, perhaps been pushed to think a little bit more about, okay, if this this is speaking to our heads and to our mm, intellects mm. And, and we are being challenged on that level, um, but maybe just pushed a bit more in thinking, okay, b- but so what? What does that do in our lives? How do we, um, you know, we, we've a long history here of, uh, of lots of university students mm, um, mm. and uh, and people coming in that sort of season of wanting to kind of be intellectually challenged and stretched. But then I guess thinking through, okay, but what do we do more generally to to warm people's hearts mm. and to stir their affections towards the Lord Jesus? Mm. Um, and trying to trying to put those two things together, I suppose. Yes, we do mm. we do want to, to to challenge people in their thinking and, and in how they uh, how they process what what they hear in the scriptures. Um, but as John said, really, we're then looking for but what's the fruit of that in their lives? Mm. How does that play out day by day in in all the, the challenges of life and the and the difficulties and the realities of life? I guess. Yeah. And I think that as the congregation has become more diverse over the years and over the, over the decades, I think for for those of us that are responsible for preaching, one of the ways that that outworks is how we apply things within within the sermon and some of the limitations for that. So I know that when I'm standing at the front and when I'm writing my sermon in the the days the, the weeks before that. I know that there's a real di- diversity of people, mm. some of whose life experience I, I haven't had. For example, I've never been a single parent, for yeah. example. I've not yet been retired. Um, I haven't uh, suffered a bereavement of my parents, for, ex- mm. for example. Some mm. of those experiences I might go through, some of them I, I, I never will. Um, 
but uh, so, so you're aware of a vast array of uh, of people's life situations that you will never be able to, in a, at least in the context of a sermon, you'll only be able to, you know, share an illustration or an, or an implication application for specific situations mm. as just examples. So we've really tried to think how can we help the word of God still to be to be active. And one of the ways that we've done that, I suppose, is to, to move mm. to more of a model where more where more small groups in in the week are reflecting on working through some of the implications and applications of a previous sermon. Uh, and also put in some, sometimes when we put the, the question, the discussion questions up on the at the end as well, so you can kind of be, just begin to be equipped to okay, how does this work out in in my life and you mm. know that that yeah. that, that yeah. kind of thing, um, yeah. And, and I think recognizing within that too that the, as the congregation gets more diverse, so so do people's backgrounds and previous experiences, mm. and you know whether that's that's ethnic background, church background, family background, educational background, all of those things that are different. And so as John says, you know. We, we're conscious that we're speaking to a, a really diverse group of people. Mm, mm. Um, and that, and so that's where our, you know, our prayer is, it's got to be the Holy Spirit who takes God's word and applies it to people's hearts mm. in, in their situation as the person that they are, as the person God has made them. Mm. Um, and so we, we are seeking to, to facilitate that as, as preachers, yeah. but ultimately we're dependent on the spirit. And we do believe that the Spirit inspires us in our preparation or sometimes whilst you're preaching mm. of how to, a particular pastoral in, in, um, application or implication for for the congregation at that particular moment, mm. in that, at that particular time, for that particular group of people that you're, that, mm. that you're bringing God's word to. That might be, you know, you might not have preached it in exactly that way 10 years ago or whatever, because mm. a different group of people or different, you know, the same word, but just how the Lord kind of, pr- and I suppose that's the, prophetic gifting in that sense mm. of bringing uh, God's word to bear on a particular situation whether that's individuals or, or, or congregation and in our conversations after the services you, you often hear people saying you know which is so good isn't it that uh, I really felt that that was for me you know that that God was speaking through his word into the situations that I'm facing today mm. and that that's the way it should be isn't it because you know in reality that there God does speak and he's active in doing that and, uh, you know, comforting, challenging, correcting, all of these different things. Um, as you look back over kind of, I guess, Peter's ministry and the last 10 years, um, more recently, have there been any particular highlights, sermon series, things that have kind of stood out for you? There was the one time that the, um, in the school, before we left the school, that during a sermon, I think a squirrel got on stage. <laughs> that was a particular highlight, but you know, obviously that was, not that was memorable. I don't know if that was during a sermon. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the first part. We need that service, John. <laughs> uh, I think I was in the congregation, but yeah, a squirrel <laughs> shot down the stage curtain, then across the stage, and was never seen again. That was quite dramatic. Yeah. 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 I don't know what series that was in. Now. I can't remember. It's not happened. Not happened here. It's yet. not happened here. No, no, no squirrels yet. on Castle Boulevard. No, no. No. <laughs> Harder to get in. Um, I think uh, um, I, can, I can remember. Peter's, this was in an evening service series in Revelation. I mean, I think it might have been when, when I was an intern mm. um, c- quite a few years ago now and we were meeting in the school. Don't show your age, um, John. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and then when we preached through Revelation uh, uh, last, last, last year, I think that was, that was, that was quite a significant mm. series for me personally in, in my own life and just that consistent message that was in Revelation but that was also... In, a, in, in so many different parts of the Bible that we looked at over the mm. course of the two years of the, the pandemic where the Lord was just seemed to be saying to us, wherever we turn in the Bible, do not be afraid. Mm. Do not be afraid. Mm. Don't be afraid. Mm. Don't fear. 
Uh, and I think just uh, preach it. So I can remember the Revelation, which seemed like an inaccessible book. I remember Peter, Peter going through it and um, helping us understand how it was accessible. And that, you know, I still use lots of that material mm. when Ru and I preached on that and um, uh, last year. And I think that was that was significant. I think in the life of the life of the church. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I was, I was going to mention Revelation as well. Yeah. I, I, it's a real privilege as, as a regular preacher to to be given time and space to to dig into some parts of God's word that perhaps we would normally not spend a lot of time on or we might shy away from um and I think that's that's part of what I was saying earlier about the you know letting God set the agenda and saying actually all of this is God's word and so so what is he saying to us through mm-hmm. this um, and sim- similarly, um, sermon on, on a series on Jeremiah um, mm. during during the lockdown, yeah. and, and just thinking through, okay, as, as a church leader, as a, as a as a pastor, what do we say to our people in this? City? We've never been here before. Mm. We've never had this experience, and and just seeing that actually throughout history, God's people have, uh, I mean, to, to use the language, God's people have been have been living in Babylon. And, and waiting for the new Jerusalem, and actually that that is our experience. Mm. You know, whatever the the political or, or social situation we find ourselves in, um, we're we're always not not quite at home um, because mm. actually we're we're waiting for something better to come. Yeah, and and the main diet of our preaching is working through books of the Bible. You know, the minute we're in Song of Songs, we had Revelation last year, Jeremiah mm. before that, and and you know. That, that is definitely the foundation, I think, which Peter modelled and, you yeah. know, for years and decades preaching through book by book. Um, I guess, one, why is that a priority? And two, also, um, why, why do we sometimes do something different? Yeah. Great questions, Phil. Um, well, why, is that a pro- why is that a priority? I think, for me, it lets God set the agenda. If, if we didn't preach expositionally or, you know, mm. just mm. through a book of the Bible, because generally speaking, that, that is what, what we do, preach through. Yeah systematically through a book of the bible i think i would just end up preaching on what i want to preach on yeah. i'd also run out of ideas quite quickly <laughs> um and you you would not be preaching the whole counsel of god mm. um, to put it in those terms and you know there's a few weeks ago i was preaching on nehemiah chapter 11 and 12 i'd never choose if i just had free choice every week as mm. it were to preach on mm. those particular chapters but actually when you get into it you realize what god is speaking with a depth and a richness there yeah of course some passages in the bible are more obscure <laughs> obscure mm. than others but it's in the it's in the scriptures for mm. a reason mm. uh, and i think that is just healthy for us you know those kind of regular regular meals um as mm. it were uh week by week um and then I suppose sometimes I think of uh, some of the more, sometimes it's topical, sometimes it's thematic teaching that, that we do is m- more like takeaways. The kind, the kind yeah, of thing okay. you would run every day, but a, a yeah. treat every now and then that can be uh, really useful, particularly to um, uh, to have some teaching on, on a particular topic uh, that's especially relevant to, to life at the moment or to look at a, a passage or more than one passage through a, a particular lens of, you know, whether that's bereavement or whether that's uh, questions of identity mm, or whether mm. that's uh, work or whether that's um, uh, dying well or yeah, retirement, yeah. you know, all those different things. Mm. And I think that's helpful um, uh, in in the life of a church, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's great. great. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd echo all of that. I, I think mm. it, 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 we really want to... The, the truth of the gospel is so rich and so deep and so um, so multifaceted. Uh, 
if if we just picked what we were going to preach on every week then i think we'd end up often coming at it from the same angle mm. whereas by going through the scriptures mm. you begin to see this this beautiful thing the gospel actually from a different aspect from a different uh, a different outlook a different uh, angle of looking at things mm. and you see you see different aspects then of the the beauty of it and the um the richness of that uh, and and i think similarly then with with the sort of more thematic stuff that's saying okay this 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 good news that is mm. so rich uh, how does that play out in in these areas? Um, and sometimes you can't, you know, you can't do that from just a single mm. book. Sometimes mm, you've got yeah. to say, actually, look, if we're if we're going to look at what what the Bible means for this particular area of people's lives, uh, we we need to go to the whole scriptures and, and mm. enjoy actually look. God, God has has painted a, a picture throughout the scriptures mm. um, of of what his. Uh, what his plan and what his good news uh, is in this area of life. Um, mm. So yeah, I think I think it's a, a bit of both and. That's great. Yeah, and you know, we I, last year was that we preached through authentically human that series, mm-hmm. and you know, it was great that you know our, our young people were in for most of that time mm. as well. And John, you and Catherine Jackson came to kind of uh, spend some time for young people and kind of go for a, a kind of look and a bit of Q and A based on that. And I, I just think it's great to see some aspects where we can. We can, we can really get into God's Word. We can see how preaching through book by book is relevant to our lives, but also we can see that there are particular themes in Scripture or God has something to say about what it means to be human and to live for Him today in our culture. And uh, that, that's just really exciting, I think, actually, mm. to kind yeah. of get that. What do you think some of the challenges of preaching are or of maybe of listening to sermons as well and engaging with them? Yeah. What are some of the challenges? I think there's... Pastors and, and leaders, some of the some of the challenges are giving it the right sense of priority. But it's it's not the only part of my job, for example. It's not mm. the only part of Rue's job either. And so, uh, yeah, as pastors, and uh, our our main job is the uh, the ministry of the word and prayer. And there are other aspects to our to our roles as well in an ever in ever increasingly com- complex world mm. as well. And actually, in a growing church as well, that brings added uh, complexities too. Um, challenges it in listening. Probably it's fair to say that attention spans are shorter perhaps now mm. than they have been, although I'm not... I think people can still listen to engaging monologues, as it were, for, for, long, for long periods of time, much longer than people realise mm. they can. Mm. Uh, and as a, it really is not simply the transfer of information like lectures can be. Mm. It's, it is God speaking through his word and therefore it's heart tran- mm. transforming. And yet some... I, I know some of my sermons or some parts of my sermons are easier to listen to than others. And you can tell the atmosphere changes in a room mm. when everyone is listening because God has grabbed them mm. by his word and the spirit is at work to change lives. And you can, you can sense that as a preacher. You can't manufacture that, no. but you can sense it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, some of the reasons you know, people can come to church really tired because they've had a really difficult week or they've got so many stresses. And I understand that, you know. Uh, I, can remember, <laughs> I can remember one time when I was preaching... Um, uh, it was when we were not in this building, but uh, the, the, the lights were quite dark because uh, of the, the particular room we were meeting in, and I, and I was preaching. I could see someone in the back row. I was, I was preaching one evening service, and I could see them going like this. And I thought, that's really encouraging. <laughs> and really kind of giving me some nodding of a head and encouragement. And I looked up a little bit later, and what they're actually doing were drifting off. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> nodding, nodding head syndrome, we call that. Yeah. Which humbled me. But there we go. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> They're still in the church. <laughs> <laughs> no names mentioned, don't worry. <laughs> I think, can I just pick it? So yeah. John mentioned earlier the, the metaphor of, um, of eating a meal and, mm. and sermons having some sort of analogy to that. I, 
and I, I found that really helpful that, you know, if you think back over your life, you, you will have eaten thousands of meals mm. and you can probably remember a handful mm. of them, one or two, where you could say what it was and how it tasted and how, how mm. fabulous it was. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean the rest of them were useless. Mm. Um, and I, I think there is something similar with sermons in that I, I find it very hard. I mean, I've been a Christian for, for decades. I probably have heard thousands of sermons. Mm. Mm. I could tell you perhaps one or two where I've actually remembered, I could tell you now the, the points of them, or, or you know, mm. most of them, I can't remember. Mm. But that doesn't mean that the Lord wasn't at work. Mm. Um, actually, we trust that as, as God's word goes out, he is sustaining and nourishing uh, and, and building up his people. Mm. And so I'm not too concerned after, you know, a, a week after I've preached, if, if no one in the congregation tell me what my three points were, yeah. um, you know, because actually I, I, I trust that the Lord is at work as his word goes out. Yeah. That's what he tells us in the scriptures. And that won't always look particularly exciting. A lot mm. of the time it will just be very, very normal sustaining of people in their daily lives and in their Christian walk. Mm. Um, and, and that's what we want. That's, you know, as we preach, actually, we, we want people to be sustained and, and nourished and, uh, and that's that's okay yeah so what would you say to someone who's struggling to engage maybe they're a new christian or people can struggle to engage for a whole host of reasons can't they you know stuff that's going on in their life all kinds of things maybe they're younger and they're just learning to listen to sermons what would be your kind of top tips for engaging listening uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think firstly, if the person's just acknowledging that they're struggling to, to listen and not pretending, I think that's 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 a great start. Mm -hmm. um, well done for that. Um, as sometimes sermons can be can be tricky to mm. <laughs> to, to listen to. Um, so uh, I think I think some, sometimes for some people taking notes can help, for mm -hmm. others not. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes taking notes, sometimes not. Sometimes I do. Most of the time, I yeah. uh, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> I think getting into the habit of uh, just chatting ha chatting through either after a service or in our small groups or whatever, what how God's, God's word has been, you know, a, it, it might only be one seemingly small thing, mm. but that's okay, mm. Mm. you know, that how, how God's word spoken to us. Uh, and um, yeah, ask the preacher some questions afterwards and uh, uh, yeah. and so on is, um, uh, is helpful. And um, yeah, you know, Inevitably, you'll find some sermons, some preachers easier to listen to th than others. That's that's okay. That's 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 fine. That's one of the reasons that, that it's not not me doing all the preaching. There sure. are lots of reasons, but that's that's one of them. That's just very human, very natural that mm. we'll connect mm. more readily with some people and some styles uh, and some times of the day as mm. well. Mm. You know, so when I I'm uh, last Sunday, for example, Rue was preaching. I heard both of his both of his sermons, but there were different things. And then I it's the same sermon, but. I, Personally, I took slightly different things away from in the yeah. eleven fifteen than I did from the nine fifteen, because yeah. uh, that's just the way it works. I'm not mm. saying you have to come to both <laughs> to hear it twice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, what about you, Rue? Any kind of tips? I, that I, you the think? only other thing I'd add is is maybe just think what you're doing through the rest of the week that could help you with with that. So so I'd really encourage you maybe if you've listened to a sermon on a Sunday, just in the middle of the week, the following week, maybe on you know on the Wednesday or the Thursday, just go and read the passage mm. again that mm. was preached on. Because actually what we're interested in is not it's not how has how has Ruth spoken to you this week or what's yeah. John yeah. been saying to you. Yeah. It's actually what's God saying to you. Yeah. And so hear a sermon on a passage and then go back to that passage. You don't you have to do it I mean you can do it every day, but but just go back to it once in the rest of the week and say, okay, let me read this again. 
And you'll probably be surprised by how much of the sermon it kind of comes back to you mm. as you're mm. reading through. And that's your opportunity to say, oh, yeah, is, is that something that God's saying to me here yeah. through, through these words? Um, well, yeah, I can see now how that passage brings out that, that point. If you're really keen, then read the passage before the sermon mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, I, it's, <laughs> I love it when I turn up on a Sunday to preach. And before I preach, someone says, oh, I've been praying for you this morning, brother. Yes. It's, a, it's a difficult <laughs> passage, isn't it? <laughs> and I really like that because that, that means someone has, has taken the time to think about what am I, res- I going to hear from the Lord today? Mm. Let me prepare my heart and prepare, my, prepare myself to receive that. Mm. Um, so I think that can be really helpful as well. And it might mean that in, you know, in the moment on the, on the Sunday, it's still quite hard to listen. Mm. But, but just saying, look, actually, if God's going to speak to me, I need to, be, I need to be coming to him and listening mm. to him. So mm. I need to get in his mm. word. As something to help, Mary, you'll like this, Phil. Something oh. to help. To help Does it alliterate, John? No, it doesn't alliterate. Yeah. But we, we, we choose the song or songs that we have in response after a sermon on what to in response to whatever we've been preaching so you know a mate of mine once said to me john no one's going to be remembering the points of your sermon by wednesday but they will mm. remember they'll, they mm. could remember the song that you chose after it yeah so we we choose the preacher tends to cho- choose the, the song or maybe in consultation but as a re- kind of response to <laughs> sometimes sometimes you get a phone call you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> phil, phil days when it, I put, it, his phone <laughs> rings on a thursday <laughs> afternoon <laughs> phil what song do we need yeah yeah um and so, yeah, I think, I think, okay, what song did we sing after it? That is, gives you a clue as to some of the ways in which we feel, Yeah, you know, we should be responding to God's word. Yeah, I like that, yeah Colin uses the image that the, the final song is um, a bit like the cork that goes into the bottle of wine to kind of seal in the goodness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that. That's you know, good, you, that's good, yeah. You preach the sermon and then the kind of the song kind of seals it in. So hopefully maybe the song can be help you under, remember more what you've kind of yeah. learned to engage with. You mentioned, John, about, you know, we've got different different preachers. We've got, you know, and some people will engage with different people in different ways. But actually we, we want people to be committed to this church and not just kind of following their favorite preacher or whatever. Yeah. Um, tell us what goes into your thinking about, about who preaches here. Yeah. And on, um, before I answer that question, I think that is an interesting, po- interesting point uh, <laughs> these days is that people have access to th- yeah. thousands, tens of thousands yeah. of preachers throughout the world. Yeah. But actually, if you're part of this church, I and the elders here have a responsibility before God for what we are feeding you, mm. feeding the mm. congregation here for what we are teaching. And I'll stand before the Lord one day and, and give account for the way that I've shepherded the flocks here and one of those responsibilities one of those prime responsibilities mm. for the elders is what we've taught yeah. doctrinally pastorally and so on so the uh, the elders and particularly those uh, not not every elder teaches at cornerstone um from from the front anyway but uh uh for, for those of us who are elders which is mostly the the, the three ministers at the, at the moment who bear the responsibility of, of uh, not just doing most of the teaching, but um, being responsible overall for it. Mm. And I take the, take the lead on that as the, as mm. the lead minister. Um, so uh, m- mostly Rue and I, particularly in the 915 and the 1115, Rue and I will do most, if not all, but most of the kind of expositional main series um, preaching uh, most of the time, mm. particularly in, ter- in term time. Um, Colin does some of the more evangelistic sermons and mm. some of the other kind of pastoral sermons as well. Uh, and then in... Uh, in particularly in the 7 p.m., some of the ministers will do um, teaching, but also other people as well who who aren't uh, mm. elders of the church. Mm. Um, sometimes uh, that will be people who are actually very experienced preachers, either here or elsewhere, 
sometimes on staff, sometimes not. And sometimes it's, it's newer, uh, newer preachers as well who, who, are, who, are, who are developing. So as we look to um, develop both men and women in teaching and preaching gifts, mm. um, often it will be there. Uh, normally they'll have taught in some other context within the life of the church as mm. well. And then we might invite um, um, people to... Uh, to preach at 7 p.m. It's carefully thought through who's who's mm-hmm. uh, who's invited to preach. I think we need to get better at um, resourcing and training people and and, and uh, uh, helping people to uh, to preach. And not just here, but but elsewhere as well. Because there, mm-hmm. there's only a limited number of you know we're blessed with lots of great pre- preaching uh, uh, on the uh, on the eldership and on the on the staff team. Um, and there are only a, there are only a certain number of mm-hmm. services. Uh, whereas other churches aren't as well resourced in, in that. So I, th- I guess the external opportunities, that's something that's grown over the years. Ruth, do you want to tell us a little bit about what that looks like at the minute? Yeah, uh, I think so. I, th- I think Cornerstone's always had people going out to other, other churches to preach. But in the last few years, we've, we've uh, I guess, built relationships with a couple of churches, um, one or two in Nottingham, some slightly further afield. There's a couple of churches up sort of Chesterfield way that we've kind of got established mm. relationships with. And sometimes they're churches who are who are well established and thriving, and and just when their their ministers away on holiday or mm. um, when they've got a you know when they've got a gap in the in the preaching uh, term card, then then they might ask us if we can send someone. Mm. Um, sometimes though, they're they're struggling churches, churches mm. who are really um, I guess kind of often without without ministers or staff uh, without without um kind of full-time leadership there um and, and we like in those situations to be able to send maybe over a, you know a, a period of four, four or five weeks in a row to send a, a group of preachers to mm. preach a series so that there's some really good quality kind of uh, reliable teaching for mm. a, a chunk of time um so i'm going this this sunday to to preach at, um and a church elsewhere in nottingham um and I'm the I'm the second of four, so so someone else was there last week, and there's two more coming after me, and we're yeah. we're just working our way through some of the I am sayings in John's gospel, Great. but trying to trying to feed those those people and that congregation, mm. recognizing that actually you know not not everyone is going to come to a, a church like Cornerstone, and there are, there are other churches that are uh, catering and 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 faithfully ministering to people in other contexts where sometimes it's it's just harder, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. and they don't have the same resources, the same people, the same uh, you know the same kind of um, depth of of, uh, of experience or, or, or teaching gift, and, and we want to be part of of blessing the wider church, I suppose, mm. Um, mm. by doing that. So uh, it's also a really good opportunity for, for sometimes for some of our kind of uh, developing preachers uh, to mm. to gain have have some more opportunities mm. to preach. As John said, there's only so many services here at Cornerstone, yeah. and and the reality is that that he and I do do most of the yeah. preaching yeah. here. Um, and so we, if we're wanting to develop new Bible teachers and, and give them opportunities, then partnering with other churches locally mm. is, is a really helpful way to do that. That's great. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, training preachers has been something that, that Cornerstone has, has done over years. Actually, in some way, you know, the three of us, you guys to, to a more degree, um, and myself have been trained to preach through this church. Um, I want to think about training for a minute and um, what, are, what are some of the training opportunities that we currently have at Cornerstone and things that are kind of on the horizon? Yeah, thank you. I mean, this, this is, you know, this is what gets me really excited. So I'm very happy to talk about this. Um, there's, there's just so much going on. There's, there's things that I hope are accessible for people, kind of whatever their, their life situation, how much time they've got. Um, whatever their kind of educational and theological background, 
Um, so we've got a few things that, that I guess are kind of open to, to anyone. Um, so um, I run something called the, the Cornerstone School of Theology, mm. uh, which uh, is just a great opportunity for, for any Christian who, who loves the Lord and wants to dig deeper into his word uh, to gather with other like-minded Christians and, and think about some, some theological ideas to, to, to have some slightly deeper conversations and, mm. and really push, I guess, that, that application of God's word. This is what we believe, but so what? How does that play out in our lives? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's going on. If, you, if you're interested in that, then people can get in touch with me and, and uh, I'll let them know when the, when the next course is starting and how they can be involved. Um, and as I say, that's, that's open to everyone. Um, we also partner with the, the Midlands Gospel Partnership uh, in uh, encouraging people to go along to the Midlands Ministry Training Course, MMTC, yeah. um, which is a slightly bigger commitment. That's a, that's a whole day a week. Um, so it happens on a Thursday um, just down the road at, at Stapleford Baptist Church. And uh, all of our interns go on that course. Mm. And, and over the years, we've had various people from, from the church uh, get involved. That's a really helpful course, particularly for training uh, in kind of Bible handling and mm. Bible teaching. Mm. Um, and as you said, so many of us are teaching. You know, it's not, it's not just the preaching that happens from, from the front on a Sunday, but, but in our Bible workshops, in our connect groups, in, uh, in mm. Women of the Word, in uh, all of our, our mm. groups, even, mm. you know, in, in Tots and Toys, people stand yeah. up to do the Bible story. You know, there's, there's Bible teaching going on across, mm. across the city from, from Cornerstone Folk all through the week. And we want to equip people to do that. So MMTC is a, a really good, if people have got a bit more time, um, that's a really good thing that people can be involved in. And our intern scheme, uh, you mentioned. Um, John, tell us a little bit about that, what, what that looks like across, across the year. Uh, you, were you an intern? I was, yeah. Many as, moons as ago. you two were yes, as well. 12 yeah. years ago, so, yeah. yeah. In fact, quite a few of the, the, the current staff uh, were, yeah. were, were interns, as have been staff in other churches and people who are involved in lots of different leadership responsibilities yeah. here and, you know, people on PCCs in Anglican ch- churches and villages and uh, parts of the world or whatever. Um, and uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what is the internship like? What is it? <laughs> uh, I think it's... it's <laughs> We want people to, to understand how to follow Jesus more closely in whatever mm. the Lord leads them into. Whether that might be, might be for, for some people, it's been a minority of people, but into, into full or part-time ministry or into uh, the workplace or family life or community life and church life um, following Jesus. And so there's a mixture of theological ministry training. MMTC is a big part mm. of it, but also mm. some of the stuff we do in-house. Working usually within one or two, uh, usually one, sometimes two ministries of the church uh, and practical tasks of you know whether mm. that's recording a podcast yeah um or whether that's setting, editing it <laughs> editing podcasts uh, some work to do on this one yeah <laughs> <laughs> or setting things up uh you know yeah. or doing admin and, and stuff in support of a, of a ministry and understanding what is behind the behind the scenes operations of a church is yeah. just mm. i think really useful for 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 people and something really exciting that we've just launched yeah. in the last year or last few months, really, yeah. the Ministry Development Scheme. People might have heard about that if they're from Cornerstone or yeah. seen it advertised. What is it, Rue? Yeah, thank you, Phil. I, I mean, we've, so we've been really pleased with, I guess, with how the internship has, has gone over. Mm. It's been running for probably a couple at of least, decades now, At least hasn't 20 it? years. Uh, yeah, wow. uh, and that's, that's been such a great opportunity to train people who are, who are kind of first thinking about serving the church or maybe just someone who wants to give a year mm. to... to serve the church mm. you know and then goes yeah. on to something else um but what we realized was actually we wanted to do a little bit more to be training people in uh kind of ready for, for senior church uh, mm. 
leadership positions. Um, and, we, and we've been, over the last few years, we've had a number of ministers in training, including me and, and before me, John, mm. um, and then Sam Payne's just, just finished and, and uh, we've been delighted to, to commission him off to Redeemer and, and, and see him flourishing there. Um, but we thought actually, we'd, if we're going to be serving the, the wider church, if we're going to be equipping the wider church, then uh, we need to be training more people and, mm. and more quickly um, mm. at that sort of level. And we also want to, to broaden it out as well, not just to, to future ministers, but also um, you know youth workers and uh, children's workers and uh, evangelists and all of these, these different roles within the church that we recognize and, and want to equip people for. Mm. So, yeah, so the Ministry Development Scheme is, is an opportunity for, for men and women to be trained and equipped to serve the church. That's, mm. that's in, in a nutshell, what it is. Um, and that means people joining our staff team here at Cornerstone for, for three or four years, um, getting some really, uh, uh, I guess, in-depth in and, and, and quality experience of, of leading ministries, uh, of, uh, of teaching and, uh, and discipling within that. Mm. Um, also being trained uh, to, uh, to a higher level of, of, of kind of theological training. So we've partnered with, with Crosslands uh, and their seminary course. Um, so everyone on the MDS will, will be part of that, um, that training course, which is uh, really valuable. But I, I, that's where I trained John too, through, through that organization. Mm. And uh, it's been a uh, a real help to me in my ministry to have had that kind of theological underpinning. Mm. Um, and then our hope is that over the years we, we will train sufficient people, um, yes, to, to continue to resource what the Lord is doing here uh, and, to, and to keep things going and growing at Cornerstone, and, but also to really be a blessing to the wider church and to be able to send people out from here to go and, to go and lead churches, to go and plant churches, to go, mm. and, uh, to go and be kind of uh, part of, of planting teams uh, elsewhere in the country, elsewhere in the world. Um, and, and, you know, to be training people up to serve the church uh, in, in a lifetime of ministry, mm. whatever that looks like, uh, wherever, whatever role that is within the church. So who is it that you think we're kind of after? Yeah, thank you. That's, that's another thing that we, we're really excited about. Hopefully by, by taking on more people, um, actually, that gives us an opportunity as well to be to be more diverse in in who we're taking on. So we would we would love people in their their twenties who are thinking about a kind of a, a lifetime in ministry and uh, who who really feel the Lord is calling them to that. And but we'd also love people to be considering uh, perhaps a, a change of career. Maybe mm. you know maybe their feelings. You know what I I I just want to serve the Lord. Uh, with more of my time and, and, and be able to give myself more fully to this. Um, mm. And so it may be people who've, who've already been in, in another job, in another role for a number of years. We'd love to talk to people in, in that situation. Maybe people thinking about early retirement um, who, could, who could use their retirement years then to, to serve the church, to serve God and his people. Um, we'd love again to, to have those conversations. Um, and we really hope that this is going to be open to, to men and to women from any kind of background. Um, you know, we're not just looking at people Who've, who've been to university. We're certainly not looking at people who've, who've done some theological training before. It's helpful if you've been part of a church and been involved in a church and, and perhaps had, had some responsibility within the church and, and done a bit of Bible teaching. All of that is, is helpful stuff. But we really do want to, to cast the net as wide as we can uh, and say, look, this is, uh, this is something we'd love to, to have a conversation with you about. Um, and if it's not if it's not for now, uh, then maybe in a few years. Um, but still, let's have the conversation now and, and see yeah. where the Lord is leading. How does somebody do that? Where, where would they find information about that? The MPS? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there's, there's a bit more information on, on the Cornerstone website. Um, or you can always email uh, the, yeah. the office here, which is office at cornerstonechurch.org.uk. 
uh, and they would love to, to point you in, in our direction. Yeah, brilliant. It's been so good just to think about um, our, our kind of teaching and training just now. Um, but a question that we're asking in all of these podcasts is, is what is your prayer as you look ahead to the next 10 years? I guess thinking particularly about our teaching and training. What is it you're longing for? What are you praying for, John? I was um, traveling to a wedding in, in Ipswich, I think it was, and uh, a church we drove past at the, at, the t- at the time on the way to this wedding, not the, not the church where the wedding was, the church we drove past, this big notice board outside had a big, you know, church, outside a church poster, and it just said this, we don't change the message, the message changes us. Mm. We don't change the message, the message changes us. And so it's my prayer that over the next 10 years, and with all the opportunities and challenges that, that, that the next 10 years might bring, that we won't change the message, but that the message will change us. Mm-hmm. Great, that's fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Please do be praying for, uh, for me and for the, the elders and especially for John mm. as we kind of, uh, like John said, set the direction in the, in the teaching in the church in the next mm. few years. Um, pray that we would, would remain faithful to the Lord and to his word. Uh, that we would genuinely be allowing him to set the agenda of, mm. of what it is mm. that we teach and, and where we go. Um, and then pray that, that he would continue to raise up uh, mm. faithful mm. teachers, and not just for Sunday mornings mm. for, for, for preaching, yeah. you know, but, but across the church so that yeah. even as people are having conversations over coffee or mm. uh, meeting with one another in the week as, as we're parenting children and mm. teaching classes and doing operations and whatever it is, that, that we are a people mm. who are... Uh, have been sitting and resting in the word of God mm, and, yeah. and then are allowing that to shape our lives and, and how we do things. Um, so yeah, do pray for, for the mm. next generation of, of, of Bible teachers uh, and, and preachers to be raised up as well. We built this building 10 years ago and uh, I love the way that you've been describing, particularly the ministry development scheme, is kind of like our next building projects. Yeah. Mm. We're building for the kingdom, yeah. building for the church in the UK and also across the world yeah. that God would raise up people for that. And uh, maybe you're listening to this and you just feel compelled to get behind that vision and whether that's prayerfully or financially, uh, we would love to hear from you. And uh, if you want to be part of, of this kind of mission and ministry uh, in, in terms of raising up people for the, for the kingdom, let me pray. I'd love to pray and commit these things to the Lord. Mm. Um, let's pray. Thanks, Phil. Father, thank you so much that uh, Cornerstone Church has been a church over uh, decades which has preached your word, which has um, has seen lives changed by uh, your Holy Spirit um, working out um, your word in our lives. Um, And though we pray that that would be true of the next 10 years and the decades to come, that Cornerstone would stay faithful to your words that that the highest priority would be um, living uh, in a way which is gospel-shaped, that we would live and preach uh, a faithful gospel, which is true to your word. Uh, Lord, be with um, John and Rue and Colin and the the team as uh, as we do teach your word each week, Um, from the youngest to the, to the most elderly person in our congregation, we pray that, that we would see lives transformed by your word. And Lord, the training aspect, as we think about that, is so exciting. Um, but though we want to just submit it to you, we pray, Lord, would you be leading the right people into the right roles? Would you be um, giving great wisdom to, uh, to, the, to the team here as we, um, as we seek to raise up workers for your kingdom? 
Uh, Lord, help us, we pray. And uh, would you have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.